Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Some people are predicting that this is the beginning of the end for the dominance of the dollar on the global market. Um, I mean, I'm not so quick to jump to that conclusion. I would like to see that happen. Um, And maybe this truly will be the beginning of that if indeed what the let's say the russian government gang is saying actually ends up turns out to be true and that is that they intend to only take rubles uh in payment for russian oil from what they're calling unfriendly countries and that would include the european union uh, member states and the united states japan i think south korea and maybe one or two others it would certainly be interesting if that's the case. I mean, if if it does lead to the downfall of the USD or at least the USD losing its status as the reserve currency of the world, because I'm not sure that the American economy can actually survive that. Why not? Because so much of the value of the dollar is built on the willingness of other nations to accept the USD as payment for stuff. That's true. And I'm not sure China would still be willing to tra- to accept it as payment for stuff if they can't use it, right? This, mm. It's the same issue we run into with cryptocurrency, not you and I lately, yeah, but with cryptocurrency and gold backs and stuff like that. It's people people like the idea and they may, they may want to accept the currency, but they have no use for it. So they can't go spend it anywhere. So why would they accept Bitcoin as payment or gold as payment? Non-KYC crypto debit cards. I know a lot of Americans are like looking down on India and feeling like India betrayed their friendship with the United States or whatever, but India is sort of neutral between the United States or the NATO blocs and Ukraine and Russia and all that. They, mm-hmm. they don't really have a dog in the fight, just like the United States doesn't really have a dog in the fight between Pakistan and India, right? Yeah. If India is betraying the United States over the, you know, continuing to work with Russia, then the United States betrayed India long ago by continuing to work with Pakistan. Well, I suspect that uh, the people of India get a lot more benefit from Russian oil than they do American oil. They're certainly a lot closer, and it probably benefits them more to have, you know, their next door neighbor on their good side than the country almost literally on the other side of the world. And is it true that Russia is going to start backing the ruble with gold? No, I don't believe that for a moment. I think that. That was uh, Peakless Mountaineer who was suggesting that there well, was a news story where they were buying gold. And, of course, the Russian government has been buying gold for many years prior to uh, the Ukraine situation in preparation for, you know, a rainy day. But just because they're buying gold doesn't mean they're going to all of a sudden back their uh, their central bank currency. It but there was also sense. this other story that said that India and Russia are going to create a new world currency system and it yep. would involve Russian gold. Okay. It would be a smart move. I don't think that's likely no. uh, because central banks have moved away from gold. And I mean, they realize that this limits them and their ability to wage war and, you know, inflate the currency and control their populations. We know that the USD has used its status as the world's reserve currency to wage war pretty much for the last century, unending, ceaseless war, and killed, you know, millions upon millions of people. Sure. Losing that reserve status it's I, I would prefer a different currency have the opportunity to have that reserve status simply because the u.s has shown that it can't be trusted with that power well none of and them no, can none of them can be right but the u.s has definitively proven that it can't and i don't think that you're going to see an end to endless war from the united states simply no. because the reserve currency status ends 
what you and and by by no means am I you know expert economist or anything like that, but the fact that so many people around the world use the dollar, including governments and also individuals, because there's some countries that don't even have their own fiat currencies, right? So like El Salvador is an example of this, where they don't print their own. They did it one time, I believe, and then they they stopped. And now they just use the dollar and they've added Bitcoin late last year. So there's a ton of places around the planet that use the dollar. And if that reliance upon the dollar goes down and other countries start buying oil in, in the Russian ruble and there's there's I think it was Saudi Arabia was talking with China about doing oil sales in yuan so if we start seeing a sort of multi-currency approach to these major purchases going on it will lessen the influence of the dollar so you guys must be a little bit familiar with victoria newland the former u.s ambassador to ukraine never heard of her okay so she is uh, like neck deep in this whole business that's going on and and uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, she's now a high-ranking State Department official. And a couple of weeks ago, she was on uh, TV or, you know, in front of Congress, actually, and, and on TV, uh, busily admitting uh, the truth of Russian claims that there are Ukrainian biolabs with U.S. involvement. Uh, and while she was busy admitting that, <laughs> after mm-hmm. all the media had been told to, to say it was false, uh, after she well, they were misleading, that. as I understand it, right? It was that the United States military, what they admitted to doing was doing defensive biological research effectively, while the sure. Russians were saying, you know, no, that you were trying to make defensive. a biological weapon. So I don't think that. Yeah, how do you have defensive? Yeah. Biological That's what I'm saying. That I don't think. That, I don't think anyone in the West ever actually denied the existence of these facilities. They just mm. said, "Oh no, we we don't have a a military budget. We have a defense budget. Mm. We we don't have a biological weapons facility. We have a biological weapons defense facility." Well, keep in <laughs> mind that they call the military the Department of Defense. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're they're full of it. So we know what they mean when they say defense. It means killing the rest of the world with insane violence. (laughs) This whole thing has been a really nice check on the American ego. Yes. And I think the ramifications of that are still going to be dropping down for the next year or two, at least. But, you know, America's like, oh, we can completely crush Russia. We don't need them. We can just completely cut them off. And it's like, oh, as it turns out, the rest of the world doesn't need us nearly as much as we thought. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely an important thing that needs to happen, even if the Ukraine conflict ends tomorrow, because they are in the midst of uh, ongoing peace talks. And apparently Russia has withdrawn from Kiev, supposedly, because they're hearing good things, uh, what they're calling, quote, practical. Um, the, the, the talks have moved into a practical area or something like that. That was what was reported yesterday. Anyway, if if all of a sudden the Ukraine thing, the violence stops and the sanctions get lifted, I hope that Russia will continue to move forward with all of these plans of creating these alternative well, of payment of course they rails. would. Why wouldn't they? They know now that, you know, yeah. if the United States wants to, it'll just say, no, we're not doing business with you anymore. And well, Russia's yeah. like, oh, well, we need to have alternatives in place. Just like, it would be insane if suddenly the U.S. dollar collapsed and, you know, we relied on crypto and gold to get, run about to go about our lives and then suddenly the usd was back at full strength and we're like oh yeah well, i guess we don't need that gold and crypto anymore yeah mm. that would be p- pretty pathetic to go running back you yeah. know crawling on hands and knees back to the dollar hegemony what i think is really neat is that the only way out of this now for the united states to keep its currency as being the world's reserve currency 
is to get involved in the war with Ukraine and Russia to to declare war on Russia. That's the that's the only card the United States could play now, and it can't play. That's that. not going to get them out of it. Mm. That's Sounds just going to call for more it, money printing. It could put an well, yeah, but they don't care about that. They just no. want to keep the United States as the world currency. That way, they can continue printing all the money. The ramifications won't be felt to here at home. So you're they can saying continue all of their nonsense abroad. The idea would be to go to war with Russia to crush them in theory and force them back into the dollar system. Yeah, and they're they not going to do that. No, but they no have way. a nuclear bomb. Yeah, they have many nuclear weapons <laughs> in Russia and a humongous landmass yeah. with a with 140 million people. We can't even get libertarians to move to New Hampshire to be libertarians in their lifetime. But I don't think the American military could survive fighting in There's Russia no way. in the winter. I mean, they can't even take they can't even take on Afghanistan, right? Well, they weren't trying to. The, the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq they were they were sparring matches by the American military. They were meant to be fought, not won. I see what they, you're they saying. were meant to keep the military sharp to test out our new gat their military's new gadgets and their new toys and make sure that everything worked at the click of a button the way they needed it to work. Mm. You're in saying- preparation for some sort of major conflict, but this. They can't. They wouldn't win the war with There's Russia. There's no way. Mm. Bonnie had a question about people and their grammatical choices. Old people. Let's talk about it then. Old uh, people and their grammatical choices. And it's uh, the apparently... The, yes. the three dots, for those that don't know what an ellipsis is. And it's dot, supposed dot, to dot. be like a placeholder for like when you remove something or Correct. when you shorten a sentence or something like that. When, you, when there's a bunch that you omit because it's not necessary to the structure of the sentence, that's when mm. you use the ellipsis. And Bonnie evidently has observed that people of an elderly persuasion tend to misuse them and overuse them. And I've never really paid attention to that. I, I don't know if it's, is it an elderly I thing did, or just a, per, a person on the internet well, thing? Well, the, the thing is, I didn't know that it was a thing. Like, I didn't know that people said that. I've just always noticed it. And Arya brought up this uh, website where people are discussing why do old people do that? And oh, it's, really? it's seriously a thing. I've just noticed, like, my grandparents will text me, hi, Bonnie, dot, dot, dot. And you'll be like, are you mad at me? See, what does that I, supposed to mean? I wouldn't think anything about it because, like, my grandmother will, at, at random, I think by accident, Create a completely new Facebook profile <laughs> with no picture, and then send a then comment a completely random thing about me, something about my birthday or whatever, hmm. in all caps. I mean, old people, <laughs> and I don't mean all people over fifty or whatever. I'm talking yeah. like, like like an eighty five year old. I don't know how old my grandmother is, but like an eighty five mm-hmm. year old grandmother, completely incompetent at using <laughs> technology, right? There's nothing conveyed by five periods that isn't conveyed by three. Well, if and it's three six periods, if it's six periods, you know it's twice as long of a pause. But, it, <laughs> but how long is a pause? This isn't a quantified amount. No, we don't know. Here, we so, don't know right? how long and a three, would, three period pause. It is. would be weird to pause for twice as long as a normal pause if somebody was just talking to you. But it's still just one pause, right? Yes. <laughs> one extended pause. Uh, Another example actually came right up after it. David Fox says, you can't use Bitcoin at all, ellipsis. It's useless unless someone wants to exchange it for something that is useful. And see, if he said... That's incorrect. If he said, you can't use Bitcoin at all, period, I would just think a person saying a statement. But Mm -hmm. when somebody says, you can't use Bitcoin at all, dot, 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 it sounds like, I've been burned before. But this you know, is serious. That's a good point. That That is a complete sentence. You can't use Bitcoin at all. It's a factually incorrect sentence, but that's a complete <laughs> sentence, right? But he didn't punctuate it like his, he didn't capitalize the first letter. No. 
And he didn't just use a period at the end of it. None of these comments are complete sentences. And like when I type on YouTube or Twitter or something, I'm going to type in a complete sentence because I'm not an illiterate three-year-old and I know how to do that, right? But most people don't do that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you're in the minority. Yeah, there's something, right? there's something about the informal approach that people like about the internet. And that's why they don't capitalize the first letter of the sentence. That's, and that's right. why It's they, lazy. They seem hesitant to actually complete a sentence properly. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. The English language can change over time, right? So, like, the standard use of the ellipsis was to remove a thing from a statement, right? So, like, a long quote from... You usually see it used when somebody's quoting, like, a passage from the law, where they can just cut out a whole bunch that's not relevant Mm. and then put an ellipsis in and make it sound like a sentence. And as I understand it, written language has always been very different from actual spoken language. We don't write anywhere near the way we actually speak, right? Mm. We constantly speaking incomplete sentences sentence fragments all right. of this stuff but that's not the way we write the texting well, we and didn't st- now we do that's what i was getting at the yeah. texting and stuff that people use online and, and telegram and on facebook that's probably the closest written speech has ever been to actually spoken speech right. well i i always uh one thing that i always do that i judge myself for doing but i'm not going to stop because it just it works and i speak like this is saying where are you at i'm like oh i know i ended a sentence with a, a uh, preposition. preposition and you're not supposed to do that i say where are you at sure it's it's quick so and i don't and it's, i go back and forth i'm like i know the english language should be allowed to, to change and live of course where are they you is say also that three about words. prepositions but the reality was that was created by like this one american bishop who wanted english mm. to be more like latin in my mind, it seems like if you're going to make change for gold, you'd do it with silver just because it's precious metal. At least it's a similar-ish currency. Yeah, I would allow that, mm-hmm. right? Like if my order was $18 or whatever and I handed them, you know, a, a, a five gold back and they gave me back $2 in silver, which is what, a tenth of an ounce or whatever, I would be... I would not object to that. But it's I mean, getting too complicated. Yeah. You cannot <laughs> expect uh, You cannot expect a cashier who can barely count... To begin with. What is 11 uh, minus 7? It's like 6, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, you cannot expect the help to be able to figure out, oh, you've given me this amount of gold backs and I owe you a silver dime uh, in, you know, in change or whatever. Well, we, have, not... we have point of sale systems that, you know, they could be programmed to calculate this stuff. There could be, stuff. but then you've got to have silver dimes on hand. Yeah, and I'm not saying the that would be good. Needs to know I just wouldn't dime... object to it. Right? Then the customer needs to know that the silver dime is 90% silver only if it's before 1964. And there's like all these details that are just not going to work as far as a any kind of system is concerned so yeah, i think worst case scenario if you use a gold back you're out three dollars worth of gold uh, it's not the end of the oh. world i mean that, that that's a tip cushion effectively we are going to get those uh, red light cameras back in albuquerque oh no so they want more people yeah, but- to die is what you're saying 
Actually, we have the most highest uh, traffic fatalities uh, last year than ever before. In well, you're going to have even more with the red light cameras coming back. Are these the ones that turn red for speeders, or are these ones that detect people who run red lights? Hmm, that's what I was The gonna latter. Do. Okay. That's what a red but, light camera know, is. Wait, like, why will it kill more people? You, okay. The reason it kills people, this is the reason why they've actually gotten rid of red light cameras in a lot of cities, is because people know they're going to get a ticket. And so they're more likely to slam on the brakes as they are going through. I mean, it might not kill, but it'll like whiplash them. There's a lot of people that are going to get hit, Mm -hmm. like rear-ended. So rather than get the uh, risk a ticket, they will go ahead and slam on the brakes at a place at which they would normally not slam on their brakes. Normally, they might go ahead and go through the intersection. But because they've slammed on their brakes, the person who's immediately behind them then slams into the back of them. Well, it's their fault. They're following too close behind Sure, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen and that it's not the fault of the red light cameras. It happens and it's inevitable. I mean, there are times where you approach an intersection where you have to either speed up to go through or slam on your brakes and there is no alternative. Just today, I texted uh, my nephew. So he just got at the age where his parents got him a phone. Probably he's 14, 15 right there. Just had a birthday. And, you know, I, I grabbed his cell phone that day, just programmed it in my phone. And then I haven't texted him since then or even communicate with him. And I, I just said, hey, buddy, what's going on? How's the phone? And his response was, it good, thanks. And that mm. was it. <laughs> and it was exactly what you guys were speaking about at the end of the last hour. It good, thanks. No comma, no. I, uh, and. I kind of gave him a hard time. I texted him back and said, well, I'm glad the phone's working. I think we need to talk about your text grammar the next time. Oh, we're man. Out. You know? <laughs> I just, it, it was just so strange that you guys were bringing it up. I usually just listen to the podcast, and I just, because I'm out here working, and it's, oh, it, it good Thanks. Now, do you think I mean, I'm a troll? So I would respond about I'm glad to hear it. Good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I know. The story here from RT: They are citing ex-Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, who is now apparently on the Russian Security Council. He's the deputy chairman of that. He wrote on Telegram that the hellish sanctions. Isn't it interesting that Telegram remains so popular in Russia? Even after the Russian government tried to take it down? Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought it was weird when, when that Russian news agency was out here last year or the year before, whatever mm-hmm. it was, that their preferred methods of commu- method of communication was telegram. That is interesting. Like, okay. I, you know, I get it. As, that was my preferred method of communication, too, so it wasn't a problem. But it's like, yeah. they were Russian state media, and here's a Russian state official. Using telegram. Using te- which is banned in Russia. It was. Uh, oh, it's actually, not now. I, it's funny you bring it up because I was just reading an article about Pavel Durov, who is the founder of Telegram. He's a, a Russian, as I understand it, who ended up leaving Russia after the state was coming after him for creating Telegram, basically, which he made it, as I understand it, as a way to get around Russian censors and uh, internet restrictions and such. And they did ban Telegram for some time in Russia, and then I don't know why, but a couple of years after that, they did undo that ban. So, Ooh, that's kind of suspicious. I can't imagine the average American being willing to char- characterize the Russian people as their friends. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know many of them, but the Russians I have met have been very fine people. I know, but we're not the average American either. Right? <laughs> I true. don't. The average American right now is like, oh, Russia is evil, Putin, yeah. Hitler. So dumb. I don't know any Russians, but I've been getting all these recommended YouTube channels that are Russian hmm. to watch recently, which is really surprising to me. Like, I would think yeah, they'd try to hide them from me. I haven't searched yet, but I just keep coming across these Russian YouTube channels and now i just really like them i know at least two russians one of them translated the the russian state-run media that was out here she this friend of mine translated mm. what was actually said about me it was pretty nasty as it <laughs> turns out but I mean, that's not surprising right yeah but um she was willing to translate it for me and that was really cool another one has actually i think been on free talk live well here's a surprise mm. russian people are like people oh that's so weird they have feelings like other people so they're, they, they're like normal people, yeah. but from Russia. Right. And they're being, uh, being you know, hurt by a government just like most sure, people. Sure, they're being taxed and controlled and regulated and, you know, forced by their government gangs just like the rest of the world are. I've been listening to some of your guys' takes about the, the Ukraine. And in my opinion, I think we have a, we have a duty to history to intervene in ukraine and deal with russia in the way that we have so far yeah so go do it dude no if you feel that way yeah you go do it i don't feel that way yeah why don't you go sign up well the the ukrainian military oh you want to send other people it's gonna get fixed i I see you want to send other people to die i'm not saying to die we haven't we well, people, haven't particularly been sending our people to die people die in war but you think they should well no, I don't. I'm not supporting boots on the ground right now. But I mean, what are you supporting? I don't see what. Well, I'm supporting the sanctions for sure. I'm supporting the aid, and I'd support more aid. And so you support I, uh, billions of dollars of American taxpayer money being sent to support a, another murderous government. The government we're supporting is by far the one being murdered more in this situation. <laughs> I, I have a. I mean, it's I have being a really, laid to waste. I, I get it, man. I'm just curious. Uh, at what point did you realize you were a Nazi sympathizer? I wouldn't consider myself a Nazi sympathizer. I mean, well, how many, how many I think, Ukrainians have a Nazi force, a Nazi division within their army, right? Like an actual literal Nazi division. Spending money on these weapons actually helps grow our economy. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I don't care if the if the economy crashes because we don't go to war. Requires war and bombs and guns and military spending in order to sustain itself. Then your economy doesn't deserve to exist. This is what's called the broken window fallacy, Dan. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, enlighten me. Okay, you should go look it up because there's more that we're going to be able to. Uh, I can explain it pretty here. quickly. Yeah, ahead, it's Bonnie. like a shop owner goes and sees that his uh, window is broken. And he says, oh, good, now I can spend the money to fix it, and I'm giving that money to the uh, economy in general. That means that I'm boosting the economy, and that's just not how it works. His economy, The economy would be better off if his shop wasn't broken and he got to use his money to make his cakes he was selling or whatever he was doing before. It It's not a, a net plus for his window to get broken, so that way he can 
pay somebody to fix it for it the economy. It redirects money. No. That, that it, hold on, Danny. What it does is it redirects money to the politically connected weapons manufacturers that otherwise productive people would have used to produce more valuable things that people actually want rather than bombs and guns and death. Back in the George Bush administration, people on the left were anti-war. And so I think a lot of people still believe that people on the left are anti-war. And no, they weren't during Barack Obama. And they certainly aren't now. And they aren't even trying to sound compassionate in any way, shape, or form. They don't care about the lives of the Russian people who are being affected by these sanctions. The fact that uh, you mentioned YouTube, I think, I don't know if you mentioned it online, but the, the, you follow a Russian girl on, on YouTube. I'm surprised they even let her broadcast because they've already demonetized uh, all Russian YouTube well, she channels. she does say that she can't get her money out of it yeah. now. So the, does she put up like a Bitcoin address? Yep. Okay, good. Actually, oh, both nice. the Russians her. Nice. that Very I follow nice. have Bitcoin addresses. That's yeah. really awesome. That's a positive development. So, yeah, I mean, there are some positives in this situation, and we've been talking about the, the dollar's dominance on the planet is on the way down as a result of these sanctions. And they did it to themselves. They did. Know? And, you know, we had a caller call in uh, several weeks ago say that, you know, they thought that this was being done intentionally, that the U.S. government was going out of their way to destroy the U.S. dollar. And I disagreed. I was like, no, they're just incompetent. But as I look around, I'm like... You know, he, that caller was right. One in five Americans are now running out of money before payday, mm. according to this new survey. So it's a bit worse than being paycheck to paycheck, which is already bad. Right. But now they're not making it to their next paycheck. From gas to groceries, sewing prices are straining households across the board. More than three quarters of working Americans said inflation has impacted their finances over the last year, according to a report by Salary Finance. Sadly, most of those Americans probably don't know what inflation is, so they probably mm-hmm. don't know what's actually impacted their finances. They probably think, oh, higher prices have impacted it. Those corporations. Russia. Yeah. Oh, those, Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those greedy fat cats on Wall Street. While wage growth is high by historical standards, it isn't keeping up with the increased cost of living, which is rising at the fastest annual pace in about four decades. Yeah. When wages increase at a slower pace than inflation. Which is always. Let's rephrase that. When wages increase at a slower pace than an increase in prices, paychecks won't stretch as far because it's not inflation. Inflation is not the increase in prices. Inflation causes. Of course, this is the mainstream media, so they're going to paint inflation as being an increase in the prices. But yep. and I think it's not because they're being dishonest. I just think they don't know what inflation is. They don't. They think. Uh, they think uh, a currency that is decreed to be the currency of the land is a flat currency. Mm-hmm. They don't know the difference between a fiat and a flat currency. In New Hampshire, people tip really good for Uber Eats, but mm. in Texas, sometimes I'd be like driving to get someone's food and then driving it to their house and they'd give me like a $2 tip and I'm just like, I don't understand. Been 40 minutes or Yeah, something, I don't right? understand how that's possibly okay in your head. You know what I mean? They don't You're know. right. They, they think tip equals 10%, right? Yeah, so yeah. if their order is $20, like, it's a $2 tip. No, that that's not the way it works when it comes to delivery. Yeah, you're driving and going and picking up someone's food. I just thought that was so crazy. But in for some reason no, in wait, the Northeast... Just to clarify, don't you also get some sort of a no. driving fee? Oh, well, yeah, but... It's or, that's like what covers your gas and right. stuff, and, and to okay. make it worth your time is good tips. I see what you're saying. And for some reason, in the Northeast, actually, especially in Maine, people tip so great. Like I was mm. shocked. I was like, I should leave Texas just for this <laughs> because 
people tip so badly in San Antonio, wow. but even worse in Austin. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because tipping is, like you said, it's something people don't really think about very much. People don't understand the differences between situations with uh, with tipping. They don't know what one thing should be versus another, and it's it's a very confusing. Uh, I don't know what the, to to call it basically, but it's something that exists in certain cultures. It doesn't exist in others. <laughs> hmm. So then you also have the cultural difference where somebody comes in from Canada where they don't have tips, like Canadians. Or Australia, are, they don't have tips. Yeah, Canadians are known for being terrible tippers because they don't have the habit. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.